It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're fixing to have us a good day. Let's go. This is Locked On Auburn. Zach Blackerby, Michael Pappas, Painter Sharpless here with you, judging again. Of course, Painter VSBN 106.7. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Fetch Me. Fetch Me Home Delivery. You can use promo code FETCHME20 for your first delivery free, or you can use 10OFF, 10OFF, uh, to get uh, $10 off any order uh, from any of their selected restaurants that you can view on their Facebook page. They update that every uh, every single week. I know uh, we're going to be using Fetch Me a lot this weekend just because with the mask ordinance throughout the state, I just would rather just stay home. So I think that is something that a lot of people are going to do. So take advantage of Fetch Me, their great service, their prompt service. Uh, they take care of their folks uh, every single order. So once again, FetchMeDelivery.com and the free Fetch Me Delivery app. Promo code FetchMe20 for your first delivery free. Guys, this is part three of our uh, our list, the most underrated Auburn football players of the Gus Malzahn era. We have done all of our honorable mentions and players 10 through 5 on each of uh, our respective lists between me and Michael. And like I said earlier, Painter has been judging us. And uh, Painter, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I am up 5 to 2 currently. Sounds like a plan. Let's do it. 5-2 is the score. Who do you want to go first? Who's number four do you want to hear first? Let's let Zach go first here. Let's keep this momentum rolling. Okay. My number four, the fourth uh, most underrated player, the Gus Malzahn era, I'm going with Jay Prosh. Um, actually, I think it's Prosh. I think it rhymes with squash. I always say that wrong. It's Jay Prosh. I mean, he made the running game go in 2013. We talked about Trey Mason a lot during this series, and I know you guys have kind of carried that over into the lunch break mm-hmm. uh, with you and uh, Justin. I know the Greg Robinson slash Quan Bray was a, was, was a big part of helping out Trey Mason and Nick Marshall in that running game, but Jay Prosh was a big part of that as far as opening up lanes, and I think there was this little bit of assumption that it's like, okay, cool, he's just a fullback, he's just an H-back. But when, uh, when he left and got drafted by the Texans, his replacement was Brandon Fulce, and uh, nothing against him. It's just there hasn't been a guy like Prosh since then. I mean, Chandler Cox is definitely the closest that we've come to it. Spencer and I has been physical. But, I mean, as far as just being able to physically destroy defenders the way that he did, I mean, he was, um, he was just a violent, vicious blocker. And... I think his style kind of trickled down to the rest of the offense in 2013 as far as just becoming that that downhill running attack, not downhill Brit, but the downhill <laughs> running attack uh, between Trey Mason, Nick Marshall, and that 2013 uh, running game. So yeah. This is an interesting one because I think people often recognize him as the best at that group at, at H-back, um, in particular like blockers, right? Yeah. Um, or as a fullback when you talk about Fulce or uh, Chandler Cox. But at the same time, it's hard. You left one out. You left out Spencer Knight. Yeah, it's hard to not uh, appreciate just how dominant he was. And I still think for that reason, it's sometimes underappreciated. Because we talk about Greg Robinson a lot. We talk about Trey Mason as a Heisman finalist a lot. Mm -hmm. But I think that part of the equation is left out because you can point to Trey as a Heisman finalist getting recognition. You can point to Greg getting drafted as a number two overall pick. 
But for Jay, it's like he had his brief career with the Texans, and then that's that's where it sort of ended. Yeah, and that was something I wanted to bring up, but I didn't really want to give away too much of my list when you brought up Trey Mason being number nine on your list. Now, while a lot of people have called in and agreed and, and spoken out on Twitter, which I think is great, and I definitely see y'all's point on that, but I wanted to talk about you know Greg Robinson and Jay Prosh. I mean, those guys were very good as far as what Trey Mason was able to do. I mean, there were several games and several of his big runs where he wouldn't be touched until he was three or four yards past the line of scrimmage when he was running behind those guys. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to take anything away from Trey Mason, but I think any successful running back would tell you that he needs guys like that to be successful. So that's why Prosh is number four on my list. All right, Mr. Pappas, let's do it. Uh, my number four is Cameron Artis Payne. Uh, I don't think that Cameron Artis Payne gets enough credit for the uh, the quality of season he had in 2014 uh, and how important he was for that offense. Uh, by rushing yardage, it was the third best season Auburn has ever had for a running back at uh, at 1,608 yards, uh, just behind uh, Trey Mason the year before uh, in yards per carry. Uh, Trey was at 5.7. Cameron North Payne was at 5.3. So not a huge drop-off. I mean, we're talking about not a huge drop-off from the most successful rushing season Auburn has ever had with Trey Mason in 2013, 1,800 yards, to the next season, the third-best rushing season that Auburn has ever had yardage-wise. I mean, that's um, that, that's a really, really incredible uh, as far as yards per game go, he was six yards behind where Trey was in 2013. Uh, he did play one fewer game, um, and, and that number is 123.7 yards per game for Cameron Artis Payne in 2014. That's fifth all-time uh, for a season for uh, an Auburn running back or quarterback, I guess, anyone who runs the ball. Um, yards per carry, he's 10th actually above Trey Mason um, for a season. That doesn't make it. Wait, what? I oh, thought, that I, was 2013. I Never thought mind. Cameron Artis Payne was going to be your number one. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, he's not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think you have him high enough just because of all the reasons you just said. I mean, he was um, very impressive. He, he's on my list, and I'll, I'll, I'll kind of chime in more on him when, I, when we get to him. But, yeah, I mean, he's up. He, he definitely deserves to be on this list for sure. I'm bummed out that I have to choose between these two because Prosh plays such a position that is so forgettable and really doesn't exist all that much and did it so well. But I do think of the running backs in the Malazan era for some of the reasons we've talked about with Peyton having the successful pro career. Um, I, I do think Cam Nordis Payne is the most forgotten about running back that Malazan has had as a, had as a head coach. So let's go ahead and give Michael the point, even though I yeah. really like Prosh as an answer. Uh, I think Michael's got a great point with Cap, which makes it intriguing for what I'm going to do later, since you just told me that Cap is on your list, because it's going to be hard not to pick him again. Well, I just got to make the argument of why he should be higher whenever sure. we get to that point. Sure. So, cool. Uh, Michael, you want to go? Uh, yes. you want to go three? Yeah, my number three is a guy who was only on Zach's honorable mention list, which I think is just ridiculous here. Um, is this Cam Martin? It's Cam Martin. It, absolutely. And, and you're, I'm sure you're like, wait, what? Cam Martin. I can't wait to hear this. It is, you know, we're talking underrated, right? Cam Martin is in the top 30 of uh, Auburn career rushing yardage. 
I know that is probably surprising. He is three yards behind one Rudy Johnson. Notable <laughs> running backs. Notable running backs. That actually is kind of a fun stat. Thank I'm not you. sure if it moves the, the needle. But for I think to it's... put Cam Martin at three, he's, he's about to whip out something. So let's just let him go That's for a fine. second. Notable running backs that uh-huh. Cam Martin has more career yardage than. Okay. Booby Whitlow, uh-huh. Cam Petway, Peyton Barber, Corey Grant, Pat Sullivan, and Brandon Jacobs. He has more rushing yards than Pat Sullivan. I'm shocked. That was a joke. That was a joke. Won a Heisman Trophy. Not for running, but yes, you are correct. You are correct. The Brandon uh, Jacobs thing, uh, just to be clear, he only played for a year, and he was backing up Cornell Williams and Ronnie Brown. So I like that you found that name, but I'm not going to give you credit for that one. Corey Grant, I think, is the most surprising name on there. Is it, though, he picked up a ton of yards each touch, but he had, he was like Shivers, right? Like he had a limited amount of touches But it's game. similar to Cam. I mean, Cam's up above those guys because of longevity, and Corey had a few seasons. I mean, all those other guys were kind of one-season wonders or, or quarterbacks and weren't very mobile. So I think, <laughs> <laughs> but did win a Heisman. You were correct there. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think that's I, interesting. I saw his name on the list, and I was like, I'm throwing it in. Um, and then I also wrote down, Okay, please bear with me on this because I, I, wrote, I wrote this down on the day we started Tuesday. I wrote down above Rudy Johnson, Ryan Davis, Petway, and Cam Newton, but I didn't write what he's above them on. <laughs> I assume rushing touchdowns. I don't know what else it would be. So let me let me dig. Cam Hart does not have more rushing touchdowns than Cam, does he? Dude, I don't know. Let me let, let me try to figure. Why that would out. Ryan Davis be on that list? Maybe total touchdowns, dude. I don't. I don't know. I gotta figure it out. Give me a sec. I just realized that that doesn't make any sense. But all right, I'll do my number three while you're looking at that. Mainly the the Cam Martin is on there because I think he's the guy that it's like, oh yeah, Cam Martin's also on the team. But like he was actually Cam Martin has a career eight touchdowns. Yeah, that puts him above Ryan Davis. Ryan Davis has seven. Okay. <laughs> all right. Also, Corey rushed. Uh, Nine times in 2012, 66 times in 13, and 60 times in 14. He averaged 9.8 yards a carry in 13 and 6.1 yards in 2014. Those two seasons where he actually had a lot of touches, he ran for 647, and then the next year, 364. Pretty significant drop-off in 2014. Yeah. Because number four on my list was just eating up all the yards. (laughs) Just Uh, saying. Yeah. All right, uh, number fair. three for Zach Blackerby. I'm going to go with Braden Smith. Uh, 41 consecutive starts across uh, playing 53 games. I mean, you talk about a guy that's had an impact on the Gus Malzahn era. I think Braden Smith is uh, clearly up there. And uh, just a guy that Malzahn absolutely loved talking about across those 41 consecutive starts. But, I mean, think about how many guys have played in 53 games while at Auburn. And that is, um, I think that's exciting. His versatility um, made him elite, and as far as his ability to kind of block different types of defenders, he could you know defend, uh, you know solid uh, big bodied guys as well as quicker guys, and he was uh, he was talked about a lot just because he was so good. And you don't really see that across offensive linemen a whole lot. I think the argument against Braden Smith here would be like, well, he was drafted pretty high, and he was kind of seen uh, at a national level as far as how good he was, but. Like uh, like Michael has said before, and I think we all agree, you know, good offensive linemen just never get enough credit. And so I mentioned Alex Kozan being number six on my list. My other offensive lineman on this list is uh, is Braden Smith. Yeah, I think Braden Smith is a a good answer for an underrated player. 
um, coming out of Auburn, especially with the success he's had in the league. Um, but like you said, my argument against that is going to be that he, um, that that you know he went at the at the very top of the second round, yeah, uh, and obviously had a lot of hype coming out of Auburn, and I I, I would agree with this more if it was lower on your list. That's what that's what I, I think. Yeah, I mean, you've done that with other guys on your list yeah. with Trey uh, Trey Mason and and Jarrett Stidham. You guys have put me in a tough spot because Michael, I think Cam is fairly pop- properly rated, but I have a hard time. Even though Brandon, you know, Lyman do get overlooked, and he was, I think it is hard to overstate just how versatile and dominant he was, mm-hmm. and we're seeing that with the Colts. But he was a two time first team All SEC. He was a second team All SEC, and for what it's worth, coming out of high school, he was an All American. So like I. I'm really torn on this one. You guys aren't making it easier because you're well, being really I, civil to one another. I might be able to help with this. I figured out what Cam Martin is above Rudy Johnson, Ryan Davis, Cam Petway, <laughs> and Cam Newton in. What is that? Um, yards from scrimmage. Okay. That doesn't, I think, move the needle too much for me. But in this instance, I'm going to go with Cam Martin. Um, this is not my favorite uh, choice that I've had to make. But I just, I think Braden getting a number of all SEC awards, both first and second team, and getting drafted highly. I mean, people recognized that he was good. Uh, yeah. I, on the other hand, there may be a number of fans that don't realize just how good he is. I think you can, I think you, the argument you've got is still a good one. Sure. So. Sure. No, that was my argument against uh, a lot of Michael's picks from earlier in the week. So I absolutely 100% respect that. We will continue our list with our uh, top two most underrated players of the Malzahn era next right here on locked on Auburn. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Number two, Painter, who do you want to go first? Wait a second. Cam Martin also had more career rushing yards than Cam Newton. Did I say that? Yeah, I mean, you know, one of them was here for three years, and one of them was had the greatest single season in college football history. So, like, I wouldn't yeah. make that argument, but I understand where you're coming from. It's also only by 90 yards, so just saying. Got it. Who do you want for number two? Uh, Zach, go ahead. Cool. Here, here's where I put Cameron Artis Payne. Um, in 2014, you know, Michael mentioned this, 1,608 yards, third best rushing season in Auburn history, mm-hmm. and uh, led uh, 123.7 yards per game, 303 attempts, and you know you compare it to Trey Mason's 2013 season. I, I think I think you've got to put yourself in the situation where Auburn fans were while this was happening in 2014. I think a lot of Auburn fans were extremely confident in Malzahn's ability to call plays and his offense because you we had seen it you know with in 13 with Trey now 14 with Cameron Artis Payne. It's like okay, no matter who's at running back at Auburn, it's going to be fine. Because they're able to do it with anybody. With with two different guys leading mm-hmm. the SEC and rushing in back-to-back seasons, it's like this is kind of a situation where let's just get used to this. And then we started, you know, the following year, you, you started to see these guys kind of drop off a little bit. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they were still able to put together 1,000-yard seasons, but with Peyton and then Cam, uh, Cam Petway. But now we've kind of realized, like, oh, not every running back is invincible in this Gus Malzahn system or as productive as these guys. And Cameron Arts Payne was able to do this without really having, you know, elite speed. 
He did not have those big breakaway runs. That's just not the type of back right, he was. Right. But he would 10 yard the crap out of him. He could go 10 or 20, but yeah, if he got usually he would get caught. That was all right. Yeah. Like you guys pointed out, both of you pointed just out so how productive consistent. he was. Just so consistent. And not unlike Peyton, I don't know if and I don't think he did. You guys can correct me here. Did you ever get that elusive second contract like Peyton did? Um, I don't think he did. I do think no, I don't think he did. I was under the impression he, was, he didn't. He, he was, was just in the XFL, so oh, yeah. I don't, okay, I don't there think you go. so. Okay. But nonetheless, uh, a really good pick, I think, for, for all the reasons you've both listed out. Yeah, and... I think he's a little high where you've got him. Well, I mean, you, you know, you compared his season to Trey Mason, and he did not... He, he lost Greg Robinson. He lost Jay Prosh. And I, I just, once again, I think you got to put yourself in the situation of where Auburn fans were at that time. I mean... They thought they were going to lose Malzahn to the Cleveland Browns at that time because this <laughs> offense was so crisp and you know the college football didn't really have an answer for it. And so now, if 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 there were times you know space between Trey Mason and Cameron Artis Payne, I think we view him totally different. I think we view him similar to like how a lot of Auburn fans view on Johnson. But I think at the time we just took sixteen hundred rushing yards for granted, uh, and you know leading the SEC in rushing for granted. So I think perspective on when this happened is really really important. And he lost a lot on the offensive front. Michael, my number two, and I have uh, some some things to back it up. This is not just a <laughs> pandering pick, Zach. Um, my number two. Seth Williams. <laughs> and I know you're like, what are you talking about? The guy Everyone, that was named uh, to the yeah. Bolitnikoff watch list two days ago? Okay. I mean, that, uh, yeah, what, him and 400 other wide receivers? It's a watch <laughs> list. Get out of here. Okay. Yes, everyone, I think it is general knowledge that he is a very, very good wide receiver in Auburn's number one wide receiver. Painter? Yes. <laughs> After this season, Seth Williams maybe second on Auburn's career receiving list in every category. What are those categories? He's currently 17th with 1,364 yards. The person in second place is at 2,285. Who are, is it just, is it Beasley and Ronnie Daniels? Like who are the guys in the top right now? And if, if, if it's going to take a minute, it's that's not, not that important. Uh, number but. two is receiving yardage. Number two is Tyrone Goodson. <laughs> okay. <laughs> From 1993 <laughs> to 1997. Got that Terry, wow. Terry Beasley's number one. So if Ryan Davis has a 1,000-yard season. Seth which Williams. Is, what, did I say Ryan Davis? Seth yes, Williams. you've been hating on if, me. Yeah, I have. If Seth Williams has a 1,000-yard <laughs> season like Zach and I think he's very capable of, he will be second on the all-time Auburn receiving yardage list. Seth Williams is 22nd with 85 receptions in his career. Little unrealistic to think he could get all the way to Ryan Davis's 178. Uh, he would have to, you know, <laughs> over, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 93 receptions. Um, but second place guy is at 153. That's Courtney Taylor. Shout out. At 153 for the, the program. program. Oh. And uh, just so clutch as freshman. I mean, he had a great career, but that freshman season, also my just God. a uh, a fantastic human being. 
So he's got a chance there to get into second. The guy in third's at 150, and Terry Beasley's at 141. I don't think it's unrealistic to think he'll be in the top four after this season, potentially even higher than that. And then he's already 11th all-time with 13 career touchdowns. Uh, the guy in first, I believe Terry Beasley is at 29. Uh, I don't think Seth's going to get 16 touchdowns this season. Boy, wouldn't that be wild. But the guy in second is at 18. So Seth gets 16 touchdowns this season, over 1,000 yards. That would be he's wild the, as well. He's the second best wide receiver in Auburn football history. I think ever. if he had four years, he would be. He would but be, he's yeah. gonna. What's going to happen? I do think this is um, a better argument than you would think on its face, Michael, because somehow Seth Williams is going to go into this year mocked as a first-round pick. And I think Auburn fans are starting to pick that up, that he is an elite college wide receiver. Uh, but I think Auburn fans have widely just recognized that he's very good and that that is starting to change. I also think that by the time he leaves, they'll definitely know how good he is because of all those records you're talking about, he'll be near or have broken most of them. And yeah, he's going to get drafted in the first or second round. And I already picked Cameron Artis Payne, and that's probably the best running back pick of the Malzahn era for underrated players. So Zach, Michael, I love you, but Zach gets this point. Seth, Seth Williams, Williams is a is a better pick on its face. I agree. You made a good argument why, and I think a lot of Auburn fans don't realize just how close he is to owning essentially most career records, especially if he had that extra season. He just won't get it because he'll be playing in the NFL. All right, we uh, we both reveal our number one player next right here on Locked on Auburn. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Number one time. Let's go. Just letting you know you're not going to win this one. Um, okay. Let's see. Let's see. All right. Who is your uh, Who is your number one? No, you go first. I went first last time. I know, but I want to go second. Sorry. You got to go first. Go first. Dude, come on. My show. Okay. My number one is uh, obviously the GOAT, Sawyer Pate. Uh, 41 touchdowns, three interceptions last season in high school. He's currently on the team. Threw for 4,000 yards last year, still recruited walk-on. People sleeping on him like he's not competing for this backup job his first year. Most underrated player in Gus Malzahn's tenure at Auburn. It's our boy Sawyer Pate. Absolutely hands down, no argument. I don't even, you don't even need to say yours. Just you, give me the point. You want to go give him the point? Yeah, I can have it. <laughs> You cannot even begin to say anyone that's more underrated than Toyota. I think Payton. you've already locked down the game. I think you. Yeah, put, you, know, I think, you, you I think can you give it to him. That's fine. I think you put yourself too ahead with one question to go. Yeah, no, he can have it. That's fine. That's fine. Um, <laughs> so I'm genuinely asking. You think so? Seth is your like your top player on your list. Yeah, I guess by that because I know you're being a little facetious here. Even if you do like truly like Sawyer Pate as a human or whatever. Um. I would basically assume that means that Seth I, yeah, is Yeah, sure. I guess. That's fine with me. I, like, the just the historical relevance is obviously hard to kind of realize when you're in it. Yeah. Right? But barring injury, Seth Williams is going to be the second best 
player to ever play wide receiver at Auburn University. Can you do another poll, Painter, who's more underrated that you're asking for a friend between Seth Williams and Cameron Artis Payne? Yeah, this has some layers to it for sure. I will do that. I'll put that out on Twitter. Um, thank you guys for contributing as the audience. But Cap, I think, really has a pretty clear-cut case as being the most underrated running back. I'm just curious if some of the stat tenure. nerds will come out and support Seth. And um, I, I think there are some good arguments for it. Like I do too. it's just gonna like the same thing I just like knocked Braden Smith for is what's gonna happen to Seth, right? He's gonna be named a first or second team All SEC wide receiver. He's gonna get drafted in the top two rounds if he's healthy for the majority of the season, albeit a shorter season. He probably gets a thousand yards in Chad Morris's offense. Yeah, I, I think if he does what we think he's capable of, he's going to be labeled as the best wide receiver in Auburn football history. What's interesting is I think he may okay, be more so underrated now than he is when he leaves Auburn. Because that, I think that, that's probably true. I think some that's, Auburn I think some Auburn fans right now realize dude's good. They may yeah. not realize he's gonna leave Auburn as the best receiver ever. Certainly in modern history. That's, that's why I put him on here. Uh, and I think it's actually, a good argument, Zach, but I don't think it's better than Cameron Artis Payne. Okay, okay. Uh, Zach, uh, I don't think what you said is true. What's that? Uh, that he will be considered the best receiver ever in Auburn history. Who's better? Who would be better? Let, let's assume Let's assume he, he breaks 1,000. The Beasley, right? Let's yeah. assume he breaks 1,000 yards, and let's say he gets eight touchdowns. But okay. I think we have, a, like... The it, answer is Terry Beasley, and the only reason that I'm saying this is because, according to Auburn football... Terry Beasley also only played three seasons, and he will have more receiving yards, like 10 more touchdowns. I do not care about stats. I don't care about I – mean, okay. is Pat Sullivan better than Cam? Uh, no, but – and if you took one of Cam's seasons and put it up against one of Pat Sullivan's seasons, I think it would show that. Did you just say he only played three years? Yeah. I'm showing I was, my ignorance. I didn't realize that. I didn't know that either. And then All I'm right. Looking well, at shout just, out it to says, Painter for being uh, unknowledgeable on Terry Beasley's career. It says 69 through 71, so 69, 70, 71, that's, that's three. Okay. If he would have played four, I'd be like, okay, you, you have a great argument. I mean, that, that would be my issue is that he just didn't have the same – Receivers now are yes. better than receivers that played then. But I, I understand your argument. I would tend to agree with you. No, but I understand your point. I think that I don't know, people take this into – we obviously didn't watch him play. so I'm more of a – I mean, I, you're more of a stack guy than I am. But I'm, um, I'm curious to see what the poll thinks because, Seth, I think there's going to be a split on this. Like, There's some people that are going to be saying, how can you put a player that's being projected that high as underrated? On the other hand – I do think there's a certain segment of the Auburn fan base that just doesn't realize that this guy is probably heading towards uh, right. breaking some some significant records. All right, my number one uh, most underrated player during the Gus Malzahn era, I'm going with cornerback Jamel Dean. I think you know there's a lot of excitement about Carlton Davis. He started kind of paving the way. It was this this hot shot young corner. Then Jamel comes along and is like exactly what you want from a defensive back. Gets drafted in the same area as Carlton, uh, but then. Everybody's talking about Noah being the number two guy to Jamel, and then Noah takes over, first-round pick, and now everybody's excited about Roger McCreary because he was you know, the, the guy opposite of uh, Noah at times, you know, depending on what personnel they were in. Now he, he's going to be exciting, but it's like we skipped Jamel Dean, and I think he is everything that you want from a Kevin Steele defensive back. I mean, he could do everything. He would beat you up at the line. He was, uh, you know, he he he's a corner that you really forgot about that season because he was just always just doing his job and you didn't really notice him. And from a defensive back, that is exactly 
Um, that's exactly what you want. So my answer is um, is Jim Dean. Really actually, good answer. Yeah, I actually really I it's, like it's, that answer I think, a lot. I think it's hard to top that one because of some of the comparisons we made to Trey Mason and Peyton Barber and Carryon Johnson and in all that is Cameron Artis Payne getting lost in the shuffle mm-hmm. and in Noah Igbenogany's incredible story of switching to from wide receiver to first round cornerback from Auburn having a highly ranked uh, recruit in Carlton Davis become a first-year starter and be the best defensive back on the team, is Jamel Dean, who was a second-round draft pick and Whoa. had elite speed. Whoa, and we, hold on. You know, he got ragged on for the 20, uh, 2018 LSU game because he got hit with some pass interference calls. This is a great pick. Jamel Dean, baby. Finner, I'm so sorry for interrupting you, but Zach just gave himself the point in the middle of your... Was that premature? Should I not have done that, Pedro? Uh, I don't care who gets the point because this is like an Elam ending and Zach's already won. So if he gave himself the point, that's gravy. If he gave you the point, that's perfectly fine to me, too. Can you put out that tweet, too, asking for a friend who's more underrated, Jamel Dean or Sawyer Pate? (laughs) Oh God! Um, I feel like I feel like people are gonna get mad at me for that. For, but, all right, for, I'll, I'll do it. I'll for do it. Jamel it's fine. Dean, I was. Uh, I'll do it. Um, <laughs> yeah, let Michael do it. It's his question. I, uh, <laughs> I'll let you get roasted for this. For Jamel Dean, I, I remember, you know, him getting drafted in the second round or whatever, and, and me being like, "Wait, what? Like, he was that good?" I just thought he was like a guy on the defense. Uh, I do have a question though, Zach. Did uh, you said Dean was everything you wanted in a steel corner? Did did he play for steel? Uh, real real question. Not trying to be rude. I don't remember. Yes, because he played opposite of Noah. So yes. No. Did he not? Twenty fifteen would have been Carlton's freshman season. No. Twenty sixteen was Steele's first season. He was a sophomore, right? Yes. Or do I have my Because he and Carlton on? played together. And Carlton I'm played confused. for Steele, didn't he? Yeah, I thought that Carlton left in 17, Dean left in 18, and Noah left in 19, which would have meant that his freshman year, if I'm not mistaken. Wait, Dean played two seasons ago? Yeah, Dean left after the 18 season. Yeah, Dean and Noah were corners at the same time. All right. Uh, for some reason, I feel like Jamil Dean was a cornerback at Auburn in like 2016. So I'm just drunk, I guess. Sorry, guys. Well, I think he would have been a, a freshman, right? I think so. 16, uh, 17, 18. I know he also had yeah, injury stuff, Carlton, too. I forget okay. the timeline, but remember Carlton, he was an Ohio State commit. They released him. Carlton sat out Sean White's Sugar Bowl, right? Against OU? Carlton. I think Carlton did not play in Jamel the— Jamel played in 2018. In the, okay. Is it I apologize. I'm stupid. <laughs> um, speaking of me being stupid— uh, do have an announcement here really quick. Okay. Going to drop it at the end of the show. Feel free to skip this next couple parts and just be confused. Uh, I'm not going to be on the show next week because I'm going to be out of town. I'll be in Colorado with my family. Nice. Oh, my little, God. Little R&R. And then uh, starting the next Monday, I'm starting a new job, not at the radio station. So I will be um, around the radio station uh, incredibly less. Uh, Zach and I have talked about it. I love doing Locked on Auburn, and we are going to do our best to keep it going and not change anything um, as far as the show content goes. Uh, we're going to do our best. If, if that's not possible, um, the most likely scenario is I will be on the show less. 
so you guys will not get to hear me say dumb stuff as much. <laughs> um, but that's pretty much it. Nothing will change uh, about the show other than that. Zach will still be putting out the incredible content that everyone loves. Yeah. So Locked on Auburn will remain daily. You'll still find it there all the same places. Mm-hmm. But um, sadly, it'll probably be less Michael Pappas, but we will still find ways to keep him involved for sure. Sweet, sweet prints. Maybe it'll even be good. Who knows? We'll see. <laughs> Thus far, Cameron Artis Payne leads 100%. How about that? Is it that? one zero? And are you the vote? Uh, I'm not the vote. You are correct. <laughs> Only one person has voted in this 50-second poll. <laughs> All right. Painter, where can people find you and hear you, buddy? 11 to 1, the lunch break with Ferg. We got you covered. If you like what it is you get here, I think you will enjoy the lunch break. You can catch that wherever you listen to podcasts. And, of course, if you're local to Auburn, Opelika, on the dial. And I don't know if any of you really care, but I'm at Paint Sharpless. I think they all care, and that's how you can vote for all these polls that we've put out. <laughs> Michael? Uh, follow me on Twitter at CouchPapTato. Follow me on Twitter at Z Blackery. Follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnAuburn and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We will see you next week right here on Locked On Auburn. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.